Today we are continuing on in our series, Jesus On, looking at the Sermon on the Mount and how it connects with today. So we're glad that you're here. Past messages are available uh, online. Uh, They're available at SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and also directly from our uh, website and, of course, YouTube channel. Uh, The message listening guides are also available at the website. I hope you're uh, doing well, and if you could use some help or would like to offer some help, uh, please email me. Before we get started, I thought it would be good for us just to open in prayer together uh, as we pray for the things that are facing our nation, uh, facing our state, and also facing our community. So would you please uh, pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can gather together, even if it isn't in person, but uh, virtually through the internet. Uh, We ask that as we meet together, uh, you would speak to our hearts, that you would give us comfort, strength, a desire to help those in need. Lord, we also think of some of the other churches in our area that are meeting in the Finger Lakes. Uh, Lord, we think of First Baptist Church down in Interlaken, and we pray for Jeremy Porter as he'll be speaking uh, during this time. Uh, We also uh, pray for Interlaken Reformed Church, and we pray for Dave there. Uh, We also think of Ray at Calvary Chapel. Uh, We think of uh, Dave at Waterloo Baptist Church. Uh, We're also mindful of Jamerson at Lake Country Christian Church. And then we also think of uh, Dale over at Assembly of God in Geneva and the many other churches that are trying to figure out how to connect with church family members and connect with a greater community. Uh, We ask for your help with this. We also think of our ministry different maker partners literally around the world, and we just ask that you would continue to meet their needs physically, spiritually, and emotionally as you do the same for us. We thank you again in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. You know, there are moments that most of us can feel a little or a lot uh, just overwhelmed Uh, The worries move into fear. There are moments that we can feel like we're on an episode of fear factor. We're just paralyzed by what we think. You will each be dangled off the edge of that 65-story building. All right. Oh, no, you will plummet towards the surface, grabbing flags along the way. Go, tell us! Let's go! Then there are times that we feel frustrated and just confused in how to respond to all that is going on in our world, and even something as simple as using a restroom. ready to give up, and it's just amusing sometimes that we're living this way. We can't believe how fast life has changed. We wonder when things will start getting back to normal. 
Fortunately, Jesus has a lot to say about this. We need to know exactly what Jesus would say to us, and for a very simple reason. We have a lot on our minds these days and our hearts as we live in these uncharted waters. Health worries, obviously. Uh, Job worries, obviously. Financial worries, obviously. Family worries. uh, Relationship worries. Financial worries. Retirement worries. uh, The list goes on and on. But it's amazing that in God's providence that we would come to this section of the Sermon on the Mount for today's service, today's message. We started last October with a few breaks in between, and uh, here we are in this passage, God's plan uh, for us today. So if you could please uh, open up your Bibles to Matthew 5, or Matthew 6.25, page 679 in that rack Bible we usually give out to you. Also, the uh, passages will be on the screen, or you can just follow along on something like version. Again, uh, if you need a Bible on your electronic device, it's great that version provides a free app for that. Now, i got to remember that almost 2,000 years ago, Jesus knew that we would need these words for today. Beginning in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, or reap, or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was not dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the People far from God run from these things or run after these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things which will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So let's uh, unpack what Jesus has to say about this. The first thing he obviously has to say is, do not worry. Don't worry. Uh, he tells us that in the first verse of, uh, the first verse of the passage we just read. Here is the bottom line. Do not worry about your life. We have to realize that uh, worry just, just doesn't do anything. Yet at the same time, uh, some of us think that worrying is as natural to life as breathing, or for me, as drinking coffee. We say it's just a natural thing. It's, re- it's really not even a choice. But Jesus is saying, for the person that has said yes to Christ, worrying is a choice. Jesus is saying that you and I don't need to be held captive by our worries. We don't have to carry them around everywhere we go. 
A few years ago during a backpack trip, I noticed one of the young guys uh, just really struggling as he carried his supplies for the trip, his tent, his sleeping bag, his food, and all of that. And at first, I, I was really surprised by that because he obviously was in better shape with him than I was, yet he struggled more and more and more. And it wasn't until we got to base camp that I realized why. It's because all of his food was canned goods. He actually had a two-pound uh, can of Del Monte stew, and that's why he was struggling. He didn't need to be carrying all those things, yet he was, and it made his hike that first day miserable, miserable. The same is true with us. As Jesus is saying, you and I don't have to worry. That doesn't mean we don't need to be aware, but we don't have to worry. We don't have to let it captivate us. As I alluded to earlier, worry achieves nothing. Verse 27 says, can all your worrying add a single moment to your life? It actually can do nothing for us. It actually makes things worse. When you and I worry, it makes things worse. When you and I are captivated, preoccupied with it, filled with it, carrying it everywhere we go, it just makes things worse. Now, it's interesting, the word worry comes from an old German word, which means to strangle or choke. So as you and I are carrying our worry, as you and I are captivated by our worry, it's like it's choking us and strangling us. All of us have been there. All of us have experienced the emotional strangle and choking of worry. But it doesn't only affect us emotionally, it doesn't only affect us spiritually, but it also affects us physically. Dr. Charles Mayo from the famous Mayo Clinic up in Rochester wrote this. He says, worry affects the circulation system, the heart, the glands, and the whole nervous system. I've never met a person or known a person to die of overwork, but I've known a lot who have died of worry. When worry captivates us, it just sucks the life out of us. And you're going to say, so, so what do we do? If, it's, if it feels natural like breathing, is there some switch we can throw? What, what, where do we go with there? We realize that it doesn't change anything, but also we need to realize that God cares. So as we look at our worries, as we look at what's weighing us down, as we look at all the ramifications of COVID-19, we have to continually remind ourselves that God absolutely cares. He cares for us. He loves us. And Jesus says this. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? I mean, this is a central theme of all the Bible, of Scripture that God cares for us, that you and I matter to him. God is not some harsh, mean, unfeeling being who is removed from our lives and doesn't care what happens to us. He's aware. Jesus taught over and over again that you and I matter to God. He cares for us. See it again in verses uh, 28 and 30. And why worry about your clothes? 
the, see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he much, not much more clothe you of little faith? You see, he's saying to us, God cares of us. We need to trust in that truth. We need to have faith in that truth. Another translation puts verses 31 and 32 like this. So do not consume yourselves with questions. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? That doesn't mean don't be aware. It doesn't mean don't be conscious of it. It doesn't mean stick your head in the ground. But do not be consumed with those things. Outsiders make themselves frantic over such questions. They don't realize that your heavenly Father knows exactly what you need. You see, when you and I as Christ followers, when you of I who have said yes to him, let worry just take over the heartbeat of our lives, in a sense we're almost functioning as an atheist. We're functioning as someone who's saying, yes, I, I believe, but I don't completely tr trust. There, there's, a, there's a gap there. And it's almost like we're being atheistic because we're not able to lean into him. We're able to lean into him for our salvation, our eternity, but we're not able to lean into him for whatever that worry may be. You see, when we function that way, we're saying, God, you aren't aware. We're saying, God, you don't care. We're saying, God, don't, you don't love me. But God does care. We can find that God is trustworthy. He is trustworthy in Matthew 6.33 from another translation. It says it this way, then he will give you everything you need. You see, God is trustworthy. He will supply our needs. Now, you got to remember what comes before that. You need to understand that. And the idea is that he gives you and I every need that we have as we seek first the kingdom of God. And we'll touch on that in just a few moments. It's interesting, Martin Luther King walked this balance of understanding that he needed to do his part and he left the rest in God's part. And this is what he says, I work as if all depends on me and I pray as if all depends on God. And that's the balance you and I walk through as we find that God is trustworthy. God has us to do our part and then he, has us do, then he does his part. In another place, uh, we read about Martin Luther King, or actually a letter that he writes back in 1527, almost 400 years ago, when they in his town in the Europe were dealing with a plague. And this is what he writes. This is how he responds to it. He writes this to his friend. I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. I shall avoid all the places and the persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so to cause their death as a result of my negligence. He goes on to say this. He says, if God should wish to take me, he will surely find me and I have done what he has expected of me. And so I'm not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely as stated above. 
See, this is such a God-fearing faith because it neither is brash nor foolhardy and does not tempt God. And what he means by that comment, does not tempt God, he means he doesn't put himself carelessly in situations where God, in a sense, is tempted to bail him out. He doesn't do those kinds of things. He, he looks at the situation. He sizes it up. He takes his faith. He takes what God can do, and he combines those two and learns how to function in them. But for a lot of us, we are believing, but we're not trusting fully. So as we enter times like this, whether it's to deal with the COVID-19, uh, just a traumatic tragedy that's going on in our country, in our world, or if it's something else, we believe but we do not trust God fully. You see, sometimes when we get into those situations, what we're saying is we want God to prove himself so we can trust him. And the other side of that is God doesn't want to go that way. God wants us to trust him so he can prove himself. And so we walk in this tension where, where we want God to show up, but we also need to realize we can rest and know that he will show up in his timing whatever that timing may be. And even Martin Luther said, that may mean my life flourishes and continues on, or it may mean it doesn't. But Martin Luther knew that when his life was over, he would go with to be with the Lord. And he, he, he actually embraced that, didn't move quickly to it, but he embraced that and he understood that. And so his trust, his believing was full trust. We can learn a lot from Martin Luther. Then there's that familiar passage a lot of us know, Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Uh, one translation renders it this way. Trust the Lord completely and don't depend on your own knowledge. With every step you take, think about what he wants and he will help you go the right way. It's the idea of taking one day at a time, one moment at a time. I've heard a couple people uh, recently say that even before they roll out of bed, before their feet hit the floor, they're giving this day, the new day, to God. And they're saying, help me to add value to the people I might come in contact with. Help me to do the right things. Help me not to let my own uh, propensity for self-care take over so I exclude opportunities. Help me to walk that balance. See, we need to understand what faith is all about. Faith is trusting God when things aren't going well, when everything isn't clear, and when you don't feel or see you have all you need. That's where we're facing. That's where we're placing our trust in him. That's where we're practicing faith. Some verses that speak of this concept and this idea. Again, the whole Bible is about how God cares for you and me. How God wants to connect with us. How God is reaching out to us. And we just need to grab his hand figuratively. Open our hearts to him. Read in Psalms this, Psalm 55, 22. Give your worries to the Lord and he will take care of you. Give your worries. Give them to him. We also read in 1 Peter 5, 7, we read this, it says, let God, or let him, God, have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. 
You know, he in you, he is aware before we're even aware. Just like I said, it's amazing to me that this passage is the passage we're on the second week we can't meet as a church family. This is the passage that is coming up on the schedule. And that, that plan was started last October, and none of us could fathom the idea as this is what we would be dealing with in uh, the end of March. You see, we need to understand that we need to live by faith, not by fear. John 14 says this, verse 27, I leave the gift of peace with you. This is Jesus speaking, my peace. And he tries to explain what that is. Not the kind of peace given by the world, which is leaning in, putting the weight of our lives into stuff and position and all those kinds of things, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. This is a time for we as Christ followers to be courageous, to have that same uh, courage that Martin Luther had, that he was going to engage his world while his world was in trouble. He wasn't going to do things foolish. He was going to do what needed to be done by the common medical procedures of that day. He was going to do all those things, and yet he was going to also trust God. You see, when you and I are thinking about practicing our faith, we need to realize that when we live by faith and not by fear, that enables us as Christ followers to live sacrificial lives, not selfish lives. I've been blown away by the acts of kindness by people that consider Seneca Community Church their home and worldwide. But specifically, as people have reached out to me and said, I can help this way, and I can help that way, and I don't want to get into all the details because it might embarrass some folks, but unbelievable sacrifice, not selfishness. In Philippians, we read, do not be selfish. Don't try to impress others. So our desire to connect with people, be kind to people, isn't to impress others, but be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. Get beyond yourself and protecting your own interests. Be sincere and secure your neighbor's interests first. I hope you've had opportunity to, through email, texting, Facebook, social media, to connect with your neighbors for the, maybe the first time, to reach out to them and to see what your needs may be, how you could help them. Um, just even you asking that question, is settling in their heart. I know when people have reached out to me and asked, how can I help you, Dave? How can I help you and Cindy? And, and it's, been just, it's just been fantastic just to know that somebody is in my court and pulling for me, just like it is for you. So think about your neighbors. Think about those that are in your sphere of influence who maybe were in your sphere of influence, but now because you're not working or whatever, you're not coming into contact with them, reach out to them, connect. Because as Christ followers, we are sacrificial, not selfish. There's been a lot of article, articles and videos and uh, uh, conversations with uh, Francis Chan. And I don't, I don't go along with everything he says, but, it, but it, just like no one goes along with anybody else says, but he says some really powerful things. And I, I just want to give a couple quotes that he's just said recently. As Christ followers, we are people that are supposed to be fearless, just absolutely fearless. That fearless trust in God enables us to love those around us, 
This is one of the greatest opportunities, referring to today, we've ever had as a church where people are open to talking about serious things, life and death things. You see, we are not, we are to be sacrificial, not selfish. And we are to not be selfish with the way we live and to put neighbors first. Also, we are to let our light shine as Christ followers. We're to shine the light. We do not hide it. And so we need to understand that. We need to not sequester ourselves, hide ourselves away from everybody. Again, we need to stay in our homes, not make all those contacts, function the uh, social distancing, all those kinds of things, but not hide away. Jesus has called us as the church to be in motion, to be out there, not to be hiding, not to be holding our stuff together and keeping our life tied up, but to give our, our lives away. You see, when you and I as Christ falls, let fear rule the day, it's, it's, really, it's really the end of us. We need to be reaching out. Just recently, I was watching the, the movie Rise of Skywalker, and there's this one scene where Luke and Ray are having this conversation. Those of you who don't know anything about this are going, I don't even know what this is. But for those of us who do, we have this conversation where they're going back and forth and they're talking about fear. Just watch this and see how their response to fear, it can reflect our response to fear. I'm never leaving this place. I'm doing what you did. I was wrong. It was fear that kept me here. What are you most afraid of? Myself. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. If you don't face Palpatine, it will mean the end of the Jedi. The end of the Jedi. Not the end of Christianity, not the end of Christ followers, but you and I, when we let fear cause us to be isolated, uh, it's, it's just the, the, the uh, de-evolving of faith influence in our community. We read in Matthew, in the same way you should be the light for other people. Live so that they will see good things you do, not about you, and praise your heavenly Father. Again, a quote from Francis Chan. He says this, he was concerned that Christians will get used to, this is, this is Francis Chan, would get used to being isolated so that they'll be comfortable continuing that way instead of building relationships. That, however, is not the church that Christ wants. He wants such intimacy between his children, just like every parent does. Instead of growing comfortable in isolation, he said, find ways to grow closer to one another while on lockdown. So as you and I think about fear and we think about worrying and we think about how it can captivate us, we need to make sure that that is not the, the way of our lives. My dad, the other day when I was talking with him on the phone about this message, said uh, this. He said it was a quote from somebody. He couldn't remember it, where it came from, but this is basically what he said. He said, worry doesn't help us solve the problems of tomorrow, but it does destroy the joy of today. So our bottom line is we continue on and we continue navigating these new waters that hopefully won't last at this intensity long, long time, but, but they may. We, we don't know. No one really knows. We need to remember that as Christ followers, you and I can live by faith, not by fear. 
That's the way you and I can live. And if you're not a Christ follower, if you've not said yes to Christ, if you've not uh, opened up your life to him, asked, I need you in my life, I accept your forgiveness for my sins, I want you to walk with me, I want to walk with you, uh, then you can say that to him. You can, in a quiet moment of prayer and reflection, reach out to him. And then you too can have that, that faith that will help you to live by faith, not by fear. Last week, we talked a little bit about Corey Ten Boom. We talked about that a little bit in the Think It Over emails this week. And uh, we have another quote from her. And this quote goes, If you look at the world, you will be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you will be at rest. Would you please pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for this time again over the phone, over the phone, over the uh, internet, and we just ask that uh, you would really drive home the things that you want dear to our hearts. I pray for my friends uh, that I know, I pray for those that might be listening that I don't know, and I just ask that you would give them a glimpse of your presence in their life, even in this moment. Lord, I also ask for those that uh, don't know if they can rely on you, lean on you, that they would open your life, their life to you. We again, thank you for this time. Thank you for technology. And Lord, even in the midst of this, we're trying to trust you, trying not just to be a believing people, but a trusting people, uh, trying to learn what it means to live by faith, not by fear. We thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Regularly at this time, as we said last week, is where we receive our tithes and our offerings. Uh, you can do this online. You'll uh, see on the screen how to do that online, or you can uh, mail something in, preferably a check. Uh, we appreciate uh, your generosity, your sacrificial giving during this time. And again, we really thank you for that. If uh, this week you decide that you'd like to receive uh, the Think It Over uh, questions, uh, thoughts about the message on uh, Monday through Friday, uh, please uh, email me or contact the church, and we'll make sure you're on that list. I hope the rest of your day is fantastic. Uh, for some of you uh, who would like to do this, we're going to try to do a Zoom virtual reality coffee time. Uh, if you go online, you'll see how to connect with that. And uh, give it a try. It's not going to be super smooth, but it's going to be fun. Uh, last week when we tried using Facebook chat, it was great to have 17 people on there and actually uh, some people that had just come back from Florida. So uh, please take advantage of that. Give that a try uh, so we maybe can see you then. But hopefully we'll see you next week either this way or another way. Uh, we, again, continue to pray for you and trust that you'll find that God is sufficient for times like this. Take care. Talk to you later.